We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast and Surprise, happy Valentine's Day. Frank Smith is leaving. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about what he meant to the team, how he made the team better, what they're going to lose in Frank Smith, and then what they can do to replace him. I have three names that I want to talk about as his replacements as offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. One obvious, one sort of obvious, and then one that no one's really talking about right now because why not bring up something else? So yes, the obvious news so far is that the Dolphins are hiring Frank Smith as their offensive coordinator, he has a strong history of developing tight ends and offensive linemen and fills a big need for the Miami Dolphins, which makes sense. The Miami Dolphins had one of the worst lines in the NFL last season. They continue to draft players and then put them in poor positions to succeed. All of their draft picks on the offensive line have seemed to turn out pretty bad, despite the fact that they are good prospects, at least before the draft. And listen, that's great for the Dolphins. As soon as... <laughs> The news came out that they were interviewing Frank Smith and that McDaniel was going to have the opportunity to have him, a guy who just led the Chargers to a really good season as their line coach and run game coordinator and running a system that he wants. There's no way that I thought he was leaving that building without a contract. So Frank Smith being hired as their offensive coordinator is fantastic for him. Happy for him, but really, really bummed that he's lost. I mean, the Chargers losing an offensive line coach tends to be more of a yay situation when you're a Chargers fan. But this guy really did a good job. And let's talk about the job that he did. So here's just his impact and on the stat sheet between 2020 and 2021. Obviously, in 2020, that was 16 games versus this past season where he had 17. And then obviously, Herbert played uh, one fewer game or one less game in 2020. So across the board, pressures, 201 pressures allowed last year, only 161 this year. Despite playing one more game, fewer hits, more sacks, but again, one extra game. Um, pass blocking efficiency went from 28th to 5th. Rushing yards attempt per game went from 3.8 to a healthy 4.3. Despite the fact that they were missing two starters for most of the season on the right side of the line, the number of rushing touchdowns per game went from 28th to 10th, and the rushing DVOA went from 31st to 14th. So basically, anywhere you look, the offensive line and the run game. They were all better this season. Now, was part of that because of expanded talent and better talent than what they had last year? Sure. But you could also tell that the frequent halfback dive or the McCoy halfback draw 
all those things were maybe a part of the game plan sometimes, but it wasn't just this consistent, nasty, disgusting display of run up the middle that it really was under the Lynn era, especially last season, or at least now it's two seasons ago. So we just had the Super Bowl. So undeniably, the offensive line and the run game, everything looks better on paper and it was better on the field. There's no denying that Frank Smith did have some sort of impact on that. Yes, he did bring in players. They did bring in players that were pretty plug and play, right? Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Ode Abushi, and almost Brian Palaka. But you still have to get those guys to gel. And for them to gel as fast as they did, I think is a testament to both Frank Smith and Sean Surratt, who we'll talk about in a bit. But I think you guys all talk about, you know, yes, they brought in guys that were pretty plug and play in free agency. And to a certain extent, Rashawn Slater was plug and play as well. But you still got to get these guys working and to the next level and showing promise. And to me, with everything that he should have been involved in, which is Rashawn Slater and uh, Brendan Hymas and Trey McKitty, all guys either involved on the offensive line or in the run game or even with tight ends because he did have a history with tight ends. All of those guys developed the offense of the picks on offense. Really, all were hits or seemed to be hits for me at different levels. Sure. But you have a, a, an all pro in Slater, a great run blocking tight end in McKitty, a future starting guard. I think the one that we're all pretty excited about in Hymas, you know, and that's part of Frank Smith's thing, right? It's not just these plug and play guys. He got Hymas to develop. He helped Hymas develop. McKitty looks excellent in the run game. Not to mention Steven Anderson completely changed his role in the run game and looks fantastic. Donald Parham improved as a blocker quite a bit. I mean, everybody that's part of that run game. And yeah, sure, a lot of credit should go to Kevin Cougar, the tight ends coach. But when you involve these guys in the run game, they all looked great as run blockers, whether it's the H-back as Anderson, tight end two in Parham, the developmental draft pick in McKitty, first-round pick Slater. Hymas didn't really get an opportunity, but he looked like we know he looked good in camp and at, at the preseason. So he's ready to be a starting guard at some point. If it's not next year, then it's very, very soon. So that overall is fantastic. So the run game developed. I think Austin Eckler obviously had a career year. Justin Jackson had a career year. I think Kelly and Roundtree are just bad players at this point. Um, but, you know, Frank Smith, you can really tell that guys just got better. Look, Trey Pipkins, freaking Trey Pipkins came in, had two games, and he looked better than we have seen him in quite some time. So that's something that we wanted to see from him for years. And they plug him in for two games, and he looks like a very solid capable i'm going to say starting uh backup swing tackle which is really all you can ask for at this point that's a big jump for him storm norton i do think improved i just think he was out of his depth like i do think he improved in the run game and had some good work in the run game but he's just out of his depth like it was it was obvious that there's just only so much you can do with him and then even um oh crap where's my train of thought going with that one uh, oh michael schofield when they brought michael schofield in Listen, they plugged him immediately into the starting lineup against the Browns once Abushi went down after a couple of plays. And on a critical fourth down play at their own 20 or whatever it was, they had Michael Schofield trap blocking Miles Garrett one-on-one to let Austin Eckler get that first down. So just have these guys ready to go plug and play and be very good at their jobs immediately, I think, is a testament to Frank Smith and this coaching staff overall. So what's next? The obvious one is Sean Surratt or Serrett. I don't know how you say his last name. Um, you mostly know his history by now because he's been with the Chargers, formerly with the Steelers as their assistant offensive line coach. And then as their offensive line coach, things looked good 
in 2019 and 2020 with the Steelers going from 14th to fourth in pass blocking efficiency. So that's good. I, I don't have a whole lot of numbers to go off of uh, for the offensive lemon improvement or how they looked over there. I couldn't really tell you much of what was going on with the Steelers or with the other, other teams that the coaches were about to talk about. But overall, the Steelers had a good line. He was their offensive line coach. So him bumping up from offensive line, assistant offensive line coach with the Chargers to offensive line coach slash run game coordinator or however they do it is fine by me. And I actually think I didn't bring this up uh, on these slides, but I do think that Sarah jumping to offensive line coach and actually having Kevin Coger, the tight ends coach involved as your tight ends coach slash run game coordinator. I actually think that wouldn't be a bad way to go either. So he's an obvious one. The next obvious one with the connection to Brandon Staley and a guy that's regarded as one of the best offensive line coaches is Mike Munchak, a guy who started with the with the Oilers. <laughs> that's how far back this guy goes. Uh, not exactly when I was watching football, um, but also with the Titans and then with the Steelers as their offensive line coach. The last three years he was there, fourth in pass block efficiency, then seventh, then first. Of course, then you would ask, why did he leave if they finished first? You know, it's not like he was fired. There was no regime change, obviously, because Mike Tomlin's still the coach. As it turns out, he wanted to be closer to his daughter. And so he figured he'd rather be an offensive line coach somewhere else. I think he was also a uh, front runner, but he didn't make it like a finalist for the Broncos head coaching job. Uh, but they ended up going with crap. I forget his name, but um, he wanted to be closer to his daughter. So I think it was a family thing and he didn't want to pass up that opportunity. So he thanked the Steelers, left the Steelers to go be closer to his daughter and his family, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's why he left. Um, so now he's with the Broncos and now well, he was with the Broncos and has a whole regime change going on. So he's available. And the notion that you could get one of the best offensive line coaches over decades, a guy who's been at different places, even just recently and turned, you know, and made good offensive lines or, or made something out of nothing, turned Garrett Bowles in, from a bust to, a, you know, arguably a, one of the best tackles in the league when he was in his prime and when he got that contract. I think that's a bonus. So being able to add him and a guy who obviously has some familiarity with this coaching staff being, you know, from Brandon Staley uh, being there in 2019. So, and listen, poaching a uh, rival head coach or offensive line coach, that's not a bad way to go either. And then finally, you have to look at Kevin Carberry, the offensive line coach for the Los Angeles Rams. There's no coaching connection there because he only joined the Rams this past season. But hey, he did a pretty good job with these guys. And we're always going to be talking about these Rams connections at this point because they're cross on rivals. And Brandon Staley was in that building. So, I think him taking this offensive line of the Rams, which basically got no help in the offseason and taking them to with a to a pass blocking efficiency of 11th in the league. And I think they were even higher than that before maybe the last game of the season. Um, but th him taking them that far is pretty impressive. But I think it's his history with Stanford that's also more intriguing because he already had the role of run game coordinator and offensive line coach with Stanford for three seasons. Now, granted, that is college. But I think he would be willing to take that role because he's used to that role. And it would be a promotion from where he is with the Rams, which is an offensive line coach, just bumping up to his former title, but at Stanford, but now with the Chargers as their run game coordinator, offensive line coach. I think that's something to keep in mind. And one of my favorite prospects last year in the in day three was Drew Dahlman, the center from Stanford, who I think went to the Falcons. And he was a guy who looked great in zone, was very good moving in space, a guy that I really, really liked. And he developed him pretty well. I don't recall where Dahlman you know, came from or how he was a three-star recruit, four-star recruit or whatever. But I think he was a really good prospect. So the way that they ran 
with Dalman. I think it's something that could be intriguing to the Chargers. Again, him having that role as a run game coordinator and offensive line coach means he's comfortable within that role. Obviously, very different from college to NFL, but he could make it work. And in the NFL, he's been pretty good as an offensive line coach, even just in one year. So them giving him a raise of an offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, I think would be a, a great way to poach a guy that they're going to face or they would have faced next season with the Rams, you know, poach someone from your crosstown rivals, let the Rams bleed a little bit more and, uh, you know, get a guy you can promote that, uh, you know, could just kind of live in the same spot, I think, and, and just uh, play with a different team or work for a different team. So that's it. Those are the three names that I think of. I don't know, again, where the Chargers are going to go. I didn't know that Ficken was even an option for the Chargers. And then suddenly he was hired and we're like, oh, not bad. So three, those are definitely the three names that I would keep an eye on. The obvious one, the obvious one being Sean Serrett. The, you know, he's already on the team. You could just promote him. He's familiar with the team, so that's easy. And you have Mike Munchak, who is regarded as a great offensive line coach. If he wants to make the move to Los Angeles, which is a little far from Denver, but if he wants to make that move, he can. I would welcome him with open arms. I think having a veteran guy there would be great to be your offensive line coach. And again, he could also be a run game coordinator. And then Kevin Carberry retaking that role, uh, what he had at Stanford as your offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, I think wouldn't be a bad move either. So let me know what you guys think. Is there a particular guy that you're interested in? Is there someone that I didn't mention? Everyone's got an assistant offensive line coach uh, that they can make, you know, an offensive line coach for the Chargers. And I, I think they are in a unique position where they do have, or they had at least, Frank Smith be their line coach slash run game coordinator. And I think to most, even regular offensive line coaches, especially the young ones who aren't really, you know, in like Carberry is not going to work up to offensive coordinator. Well, a, a true offensive coordinator for the Rams because McVay's Gordon is going to be calling plays. So I think maybe taking that step to the chargers might be a better route for him to go. I don't know. I'm just making things up at this point. Um, but I do think that would be a pretty decent route to go. So these three names are the ones I'm keeping an eye on. If there's somebody I missed, let me know. Let me know. Uh, happy Valentine's day. Take care guys. Hopefully there's no more bad news for the chargers when you make decisions for your company you always look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.